Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Although you'll notice it's just me this week because... Nobody else showed up. So, lonesome existence as a nerd, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I don't know how long this is going to run for or what it's honestly going to be like format-wise because honestly, most times I do this with other people. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to try to stick to the regular news, reviews, whatnot. But uh, again, I don't... I can't pretend like it's not going to be a little different, but uh, bear with me here. Uh, we're going to try our best. Uh, the first uh, bit of news this week, uh, Will Poulter got confirmed to play Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It's happening, baby. It's happening. Um, as many people know, I've been a long-time Adam Warlock fan. Uh I've been wanting to see the character in the MCU for quite a long time. I think even, well, well before Guardians 1, which was like 2014. So, it's been a while. Uh, and, yeah, to see him finally cast, it's interesting. I don't think Will Poulter was my first choice by a long shot. But, that being said, I think now that I see the casting and I see him in the role, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to kind of see how you could play a decent Adam Warlock. So there's that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, obviously Adam Warlock, big in the MCU, or big in the Marvel Universe, presumably the MCU as well. Um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting, though, that like his big story arc came from the Infinity Gauntlet story, which they more or less adopted with Infinity War and uh, Endgame. Whether or not they kind of do some more stuff with the Infinity Gems, Infinity uh, Gauntlet with him, will be remain to be seen, but I think a big part of his character has always been that he's tied to this certain level of I guess tragedy in that as a character he has an infinity gem in his forehead and eventually it will corrupt him and turn him into a, the villain Magus. And yeah, I think uh, it's interesting to see sort of, you know, what uh, what could go on there. I think uh, the Magus stuff probably won't happen for a while in the MCU. I mean, 
they literally will be introducing him in this movie. I think probably by the time you get to like another, they'll probably start a new trilogy of Guardians movies. Probably by the time like you get two, three movies into that new trilogy, you can start to introduce him, I guess. But I kind of doubt they would start introducing him right away. But yeah, uh, Will Poulter, great actor. Can't wait to see what he does with the role. Okay, Tom Holland says No Way Home is being treated as the end of a trilogy, which has got some people outraged. I think some people are reading far too into this. I see some people online saying that, you know, it means there's no more Spider-Man movies after this. And I think the the way to kind of look, read or interpret what he's saying, I think, is that he's saying that in terms of like the, the Homecoming trilogy and all the characters that it brings, like they're not all going to be back for this for another trilogy so in that way he's treating it like an end but i think there will be a new trilogy with some new characters that will fill that void and that makes sense because i think i mean story-wise he's probably getting close to the end of his tenure at high school so you're going to probably start to see him go off to college and i think that'll sort of make things a little more interesting so yeah um oh. okay. Um Latia Wright says reports of her being anti vax are not true. Uh yeah. There was those reports that she was saying anti vax comments on set of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. She's saying this is not true. I'll believe her. Although some people have taken her response and her apology and said, well, she's not necessarily being 100% honest or truthful like the way that she's kind of saying things it's kind of a little I don't know what the right word is like she's she's not being 100% honest in her response um you know like and also too like if she was being an anti-vaxxer uh, if she was saying these comments, I would imagine she probably would decry them or say they weren't true. Oh, hey, it's not a one-man show. Spark's here. What up, Spark? What's up? Good, how you feel? I'm, I, I'm feeling much better now that it's not a one-man show, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm bad. I, I went to bed at 3.30 last night. I was... Oh, my gosh. <sighs> yeah. That's... I didn't make it all the way to the Chicago. Oh, my God. That's insane. I like. I think at a certain age, you if you go to bed past midnight, it's just like a mild disaster. It's like the worst kind of natural disaster. How you doing though? Otherwise, pretty good. Good. Yeah, I was doing a wedding in Pennsylvania yesterday. It's about like a seven and a half hour drive back oh. to Chicago. So. Oh my gosh. Well. At least you're here to give us your thoughts on the DC fandom stuff in a bit here, which there's some cool stuff. Uh, yeah, there is some cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We The next thing, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We got our sequels titled for that. Apparently the sequel is going to be called Spider-Man Across the Multiverse. Big, big. I saw know. that. I mean, maybe not the most surprising title, but it works, I guess. Uh, I'm guessing they're probably going to be traveling across the Spider-Verse and going to different realities and stuff. So I guess it makes sense they would call it Across the Spider-Verse. That, 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 that makes sense. 
It does. Uh, I mean, like this changes nothing, but like I understand they have to do something to build momentum. Uh, so I mean, I think everyone that saw that movie knows that it was a good movie, and like they could title it like Spider Man sits at home. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Spider- I'd, everyone still goes see it. Spider Man across the living room. There you go. Um, yeah, yeah. I think the title really isn't like people are going to watch it regardless but yeah i mean uh yeah it is kind of funny because i think some people were like oh what's wonder what the title is going to be and wonder if it's going to be a big spoiler and it's like not really it's just here's more spider or spider-man into the spider-verse which is fine uh yeah we got the dc fandom news there's a lot of stuff did you manage to catch anything from the from the vent uh, no, I saw the new Batman trailer, uh, and then I saw announcements of other content that I didn't get to see. Um, but the, I mean, the Batman, like, I, I told everyone, dude, is like, listen, y'all are sleeping on Robert. I understand he's not the big buff, rough guy that we're used to seeing, but mm-hmm. like, um, my man can act. Okay, go yeah. watch something besides Twilight. <laughs> Yeah, right, it, it looks good. It does. Uh, and, I mean, with all the characters they're throwing in, like, I don't know, it It probably, in my opinion, looks closest to the comics that we've gotten. Like, I like the Nolan movies, but, like, those kind of were doing their own thing. Um, and then, yeah, the Affleck movies, they were, we never really got a solo one, but, like, this seems to me the most comics accurate Batman that we've gotten in some time. So I don't know that that doesn't sound like it should be this big thing, but I'm like, Oh, like the fact that you have all these different villains and like, it just feels more natural that like Batman would exist in a world where there's all these different villains. Uh, I don't know. I'm really, I was really impressed by the trailer. I can't wait to see more. Um, that's coming like in a few months, like March 4th. So, I mean, six-ish months, something like that. I'll be there with bells on. I mean, I, I was going to see it anyway just because I, like, if it's a superhero movie, like, we're in there. But there's a different, but, like, I see movies, uh, but this one, like, I'm, I'm like, hyped. The first yeah. one, I was like, oh, snap. And yeah. now I'm like, yo. It, now, like, go. The, yeah. This is, like, this is not going to just be a movie. I think this is going to be like an event. Like you're going to want to like, you're probably going to line up or you know, I don't, I don't think people line up anymore. Now you save your seats. So there's really no point in lining up, but like, I don't know. I, I think it, it's going to be an event when you see this movie. And like, I don't know. I'm just getting more hype for this movie. Um, I really can't wait to see more. And like, I'm getting kind of like a, like a mystery kind of detective vibe from it. Like, it looks like yes. it looks like they're kind of like going through clues and trying to decipher who the Riddler is and what he's trying to do. So I'm kind of unliking that they're using the Riddler to kind of bring out Batman's more detective side, which we haven't seen in quite a long time. So no, I'm, I'm game for that. That um, was my number one gripe. Yeah, uh, with these movies, is I was like, Batman's supposed like intelligence is supposed to be next level. Yeah. And they keep making him a bit more of a brute with toys. And it's like, that's not that. I mean, sure, that's a version of Batman. But, yeah. like, where's the Batman that has the contingency plan for everything? 
And, like, as much as I love the Nolan movies, there wasn't a whole lot of detective work in that. Like, I remember there was one point where he analyzed a bullet or something like that. I'm like, I think that's as good as it got in the Nolan trilogy, but... Yeah. Um, we got a first look at Black Adam. Uh, they showed off some behind-the-scenes stuff, some concept art, and then they showed off very weirdly, like, just close-ups of everyone's costumes. I thought they were going to show, like, a bunch of everyone in their costumes, but... They just showed, like, close-ups of the logos and stuff, or, like, Dr. Fate's helmet, so I was like, oh, you don't really get a really good look at what they all look like, but, um, yeah, Black Adam looks good. Uh, can't, dare you to bet against The Rock when it comes to box office revenue, because he'll probably kill it either way, but, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I think this is, I'm still a little curious what the whole plot of black adam will be because it looks like you've got some justice society members there how does that tie into black adam what's that story look like i'm, I'm pretty curious but yeah it looks solid at least so far uh we got some footage from the flash uh not much they kind of showed basically um ezra miller meeting michael keaton's batman but you didn't really get a good look at michael keaton's batman like they showed him from behind so you kind of see, like, the ears, and you're like, okay, I know it's him, but they didn't show uh, too much. But oddly in the footage, there's two Barry Allens and then Supergirl. So I'm kind of curious how that's going to work. Like, why is there two Barry Allens? Is this one from a different universe? I have so many questions, but no one gave me answers, at least in the DC fandom. Yeah, I saw a still from that... Um... But it's like Gadget and, and Gadget or, or, or some site like that. Um, they are taking on a lot with this movie. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see. I don't like Ezra Miller as The Flash, period. But I, 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 it's the time to complain about that is over because he's clearly not going anywhere. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've I find like. I get that Barry Allen should, like, have a certain level of, like, wittiness and sarcasm, but I think they interpret that as, like, awkwardness. And that's what really weirds me out about his performance. Like, Barry Allen is a talkative guy, and yeah, he's a little insecure, but he's not, like, as awkward as Ezra Miller makes him out to be, or, like, making weird Fortnite references and stuff like this. Like, it's just, I don't know. It, It seems like they took the parts of the character that make him who he is and then just misinterpreted it slightly like yeah it's Barry but it's not quite Barry at the same time I I would agree with that I think that they saw perks of a wallflower and were like oh yeah that's Barry and it's like no it's not (laughs) no not quite Uh, not quite but Yeah, I mean, whatever. Like I said, he's not going anywhere. Did I want them to just keep Grand because I thought he was killing the role? Yes, I think a lot of people did. But yeah, I get it. Got to make your own. Yeah. What was that part where Ezra showed up in uh, Grant Gustin's Flash show? And I was like, oh. First, I th- when I heard that, I was like, wait, is that like a passing of the, of the torch? Are we going to get Grant Gustin? And then I was like, no, it's just this weird little one-off thing. I'm like, oh. Okay. Uh, they have been teasing them. Yeah, I kind of like feel those like, places. Are this. 
like I have a feeling in the Flash movie you could easily have Grant Custon show up, like. Oh, I thought he, I thought he would, but I thought it would be what you're talking about, where it's like in in passing, like they do those run by scenes. Yeah. And he like shows up in a world, and like Grant and the whole group is there at Star Labs, and he's like wrong, and then keeps going, and I'm like, better than nothing. That's what I thought they would give us. Yeah. Uh. We got some behind the scenes for the Aquaman Shazam sequels. Nothing too crazy. Uh, although they did say that Aquaman 2 is going to be a little more mature, which I'm like, oh, it's fine. I kind of forget a lot of what happened in the first Aquaman movie. Like, I didn't hate it, but I, I was really it's racking too long. My, Yeah, I was racking my brain. I'm like, what the hell is that movie about? Like, I don't <laughs> remember much of anything, but, you know. Uh, yeah, and Shazam, they showed off some of the locations they're going to and stuff like that. So, yeah, looks looks fine. Uh, there was a Peacemaker trailer. Uh, basically just shows off more Peacemaker. And hey, if you watched uh, The Suicide Squad, you know what that character's like. So, yeah. I mean, it's not overly surprising. But you get Robert Patrick playing his father. Uh, you've got a few of the of the other actors showing up, and yeah, looks funny. Looks very much like it's got that James Gunn kind of charm to it, um, and that's going to premiere in January. So don't have to wait too long for it. Was James Gunn doing it? I didn't. Yeah, he's. Uh, oh, okay. I don't know if he's directing every episode, but I mean, it definitely has his like stamp all over it. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's directing every episode. This is not like a. 25 30 episode series it's just like i think eight or ten episodes or something like that so oh okay i'm i'm, I'm gonna go mute for a second okay uh water woman 3 officially in the works linda carter hints that she's gonna return as hysteria which sure i don't know where you go with that story wise but i know a lot of people weren't big fans of Wonder Woman uh, 1984, so hopefully they can kind of redeem it with Wonder Woman 3. We'll find out. Um, got a first look at Jamie Reyes' Blue Beetle costume, so that was pretty cool. Blue Beetle's coming to HBO Max, so that's going not, that's skipping theaters entirely. That's going straight to HBO Max. Uh, Titans, renewed for season four. Eh. It is what it is. Pennyworth is officially moving to HBO Max for season three, which is, I guess, good. That was kind of in limbo for a bit. And then uh, Doom Patrol is getting a season four at HBO Max. So most of these shows are just going to HBO Max that weren't already. So I think it just kind of makes that those offerings more robust. Those shows aren't really my jam, but, you know, people can enjoy them. And there you go. Uh, and then, yeah, we got our first trailer for the new Scream. Uh, didn't seem as, as funny as some of the other movies. I'm sure there'll be humor in it, but I was like, this is, this is, seems a little odd. This doesn't seem like the, the, uh, laugh out loud moments that you get with the, uh, you know, original kind of Scream movie, but, uh, yeah, it looks good. Uh, that's coming in January as well, so we'll have to wait a little bit for that, but, uh, yeah. 
All right, let's take a quick break. Come back and review some movies. Hey, everybody, it's Curtis from the podcast. Letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content such as The Boys, The Expanse, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it, if you want to stick around. They've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up. And you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits. So sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. Okay, we're back. Let's review some movies. As always, uh, don't forget to check out our movie commentaries. The last one to go up was Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. And the next one is Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Uh, let's get on to reviews. Uh, the big one this week is Halloween Kills. Michael Myers strikes again, and he strikes back hard in this movie. Um, as much as I love Halloween 2018, I have to kind of evaluate uh, the second film here, Halloween Kills. And it really does sort of... Like, if Halloween 2018 was, like, sort of them kind of course-correcting, now they can kind of, like, speed things up, do things a little more interestingly, and I enjoyed the movie for it. Um, I see that this is getting kind of, like, flack online. Uh, I can kind of see why, because compared to Halloween 2018, this is a lot gorier, this is a lot more brutal, uh, it's in some ways a little messier. It's not quite as cohesive as Halloween 2018, but it, I think where it's, where it, it's messy and it doesn't always make sense. There's moments where I genuinely see some brilliance in the slasher genre and some, they're doing some ideas of like things that I never would have heard or seen before. Um, it's kind of it made it like a really interesting watch and one that I kind of like I'm still thinking about even after I watched it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's a ton of awesome kills in this and like an urgency that everything that Michael does. Um, it makes them like in 2018 like you're almost like was he sleepwalking or something? Like he seems so much more intense than he was in the last film. Uh, he disposes of people pretty quickly and in quick succession. Um, I mean, it's a little bit unrealistic at, at times to believe that a senior citizen can take out a bunch of firefighters in their prime, but alas. Uh, there is a flashback sequence to the original film back in 1978 because they kind of redcon a little bit. Uh, I was a little concerned when I saw the 1978 flash up because in my mind I'm like, uh, that's kind of iconic for a lot of people that you're really messing with fire there. But it was pretty well handled, it was pretty respectful, and worked well to sort of take what what was there before, change it up a little bit, but not in any way where you kind of feel like, oh, that was disrespectful or uncalled for or anything like that. Um, yeah, the, the other big thing I really liked about this one is that, like, there is a response from the whole town to Michael's presence. Like, the whole town knows that Michael is the out and about, and instead of just you know, being like, oh, you know, whatever, it's Halloween, we gotta have fun, or whatever response you normally get in these slasher movies, like, no, they all band together to take Michael down, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, something we haven't seen before. Um, yeah, 
the ending I it worked for me. I think a lot of people don't like the ending because they said it was too abrupt. And I'm like, if you've seen a slasher movie before, if you look at movies like Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, or Halloween 4, where like, or Halloween 3 even, uh, those movies just end. And they end very unceremoniously. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think this movie is one of those one of those movies where I think if you're a slasher fan, it, it really is going to scratch all those itches and do things interesting things that you've never seen before. So, I would uh, definitely recommend you check it out. I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. Uh, I I really enjoyed this movie. Okay. Uh, next up is The Last Duel. This is the latest film from Ridley Scott. It stars J.D. Comer, I think, or no, uh, Jody Corner, uh, Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Ben Affleck. Uh, basically, uh, King Charles VI declares that Knight John de Corouge um, settles the dispute with his squire by challenging him to a duel. And that dispute is over an apparent rape of his wife. Uh, I had never, I never like I didn't know the story. And oddly enough, when I first was watching it, I thought, man, this this seems a little like made for movie. Like it seemed like they were definitely being a little more optimistic. And then I looked it up, and it actually happened like that in real life. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe it's like, you know, it's pretty accurate. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's a movie where you, Adam Driver, Matt Damon, J.D. Comer, they're all great in it. Uh, you see the movie through their perspectives, and there's a lot of like crossover and scenes. So scenes that you see from Matt Damon's perspective, you later go back and see it from J.D. Comer's, Comer's uh, perspective or Adam Driver's uh, perspective. Uh, I was, when I first saw that, I was like, oh gosh, I've seen these scenes already. I don't need to see them again, but they actually made it kind of interesting and made it work. So I was kind of pleasantly surprised by that. Um, and then the, the duel itself at the end was so good. Like it, it really was like game of Thrones level of like just brutal. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm actually kind of, kind of curious to check out behind the scenes afterwards to see how they, uh, made it all work. But, uh. Yeah, Last Duel's uh, out now, and uh, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I, I enjoyed it. Okay. Next up is Ron's Gone Wrong. Uh, this is a new movie kind of more aimed at kids. Um, it's basically this kid with uh, this family that can't quite afford these robots. They're kind of like iPhones. Everyone's got one. And uh, the the kid goes, well, I want to get one, and his parents get him one, and then all the robots end up going bad. And I don't know, it was a pretty harmless movie. It didn't feel overly original, um, but I think it was, there was something there about like you know finding friends and making friends, and I don't know, it was a cute enough movie, but harmless, uh, maybe not the most interesting or inspiring so i'd give it a seven out of ten um i think what saves it is the comedic voice acting talents they're pretty solid but aside from that you're probably gonna forget this movie pretty quickly uh lock and key it's got a season two 
uh, a lock and key uh, adaptation of a Joel Hill graphic novel. And uh, yeah, season two kind of continues where we were at with season one. Uh, kind of, you've got uh, the two villains kind of trying to accomplish a goal, and uh, yeah, the family kind of learns more about the keys and what they do. Uh, I enjoyed season two. I don't think it's nearly as solid as season one, but I do think it takes some pretty daring risk with the story. Um, I'd give it an eight out of ten. It was pretty good. And the last three things here, we got the movies that made us season three, uh, more, more of that show. Uh, it's more horror focused this time, pretty solid stuff. Uh, that kind of focus on like Halloween and Friday the 13th and nightmare on Elm street, Robocop as well. Uh, some pretty good stuff for movie lovers and people like behind the scenes stuff. Uh, I'd give it an eight out of 10 as well. Uh, Petite Maman is a new movie from French director. I'm going to pull her up her name, even though I know I'm going to butcher it. Um, Celine uh, Sisama, uh, Sayama. Uh, yeah, she directed uh, the portrait of a young of a lady on fire uh, back in 2019. Uh, very young, up and coming, promising French director. Uh, and yeah, she continues that with Petite Maman. It's a movie about a young girl who goes to her, uh, grandmother's house to help clean out the, the, her mother's childhood home. She kind of explores the grounds outside her grandmother's house and meets a young girl who she befriends. And, uh, you kind of find out a little bit more about this little girl that, you know, she befriends and there's a little bit of a twist I don't want to ruin that, but uh, it, it was a really heartwarming and charming movie, and I walked away kind of, I don't know, just very impressed at like, what they were able to do with this movie, just because it did, it was, I mean, very heartwarming and sort of, I don't know, endearing in a way. Uh, I'd give it a 9 out of 10. I don't want to spoil too much about this movie. You kind of just have to go in and watch it for yourself, but uh, Petite Maman, a great movie. And then finally is Just Beyond. It's a new anthology series uh, by Disney. Uh, it's kind of like an adaptation of a R.L. Stein book. Um, and yeah, it's basically kind of like horror-focused. I mean, it is also on uh, Disney+, Plus, so it's probably not like overly scary for most people, but uh, it's good enough. Uh, I think the big thing about this... One is that it kind of, I don't know, the acting performances were hit or miss. Some were really good and others were not as good. Uh, yeah, I think I'd give this like a solid 8 out of 10. I think the, like, the premise is cool enough, but I think it just doesn't quite always nail the performances and how everyone acts in a relatively consistent way. So, yeah, I'd give it an 8 out of 10. I think if you're kind of into spooky stuff in the season, it's a good watch for that all right uh i think we're gonna take one last quick break and then we're gonna talk about our movie club this week uh which is warm bodies back in a sec hey spark have you listened to the newest album by smash mouth no i haven't gotten my copy yet oh man it's the bomb 
Oh, I heard they were going to use this for that new movie with Mike Myers, Shrek. It's okay. I mean, it's no walking on the sun, though. Ah, a ghost. I'm the ghost of What's streaming? You can magically play any song you want. Almost any device. It's pretty cool. In fact, Amazon Music offers a three-month trial for new users to check out its vast selection. Amazon? Like the website that sells books? Yes! In fact, take a look! What's this? It looks like a remote control, but from the future. It's a device that you can stream on. In fact, why don't you go to http colon forward slash forward slash getamazonmusic.com forward slash creatorinerds so you can try the service for free for one month. If you don't like it, you cannot subscribe at any time. Wow, there's a lot here. Yeah, there is. What's dubstep? Alright, we're back. Let's talk about Worm Bodies, which is our movie club for this week. Spark was your pick. I'm guessing more bodies. This is kind of one of those movies where I know you're a big fan of romantic comedies. Checking out, checking over. Uh, I'm checking out. Checking out. Okay. Sorry about that. That's all good. Uh, and then you also have uh, so yeah, it's a romantic comedy, but also it's got zombies. So a little bit of the spook factor there as well. Uh, yeah, that's exactly uh, why I chose it. Uh, yeah. Um, what was it? like? I'm guessing. Did you watch this movie when the first came out? Yeah, I saw it in theaters, and I also bought it on Blu-ray. Okay. So you're you're pretty invested in the warm bodies. Um, yep. I had actually never seen this movie before. I was I don't know why. Mm. It was uh, a movie I knew about. Like it was on my radar, and I just never got around to watching it. Um, and I liked it. I, I, there's like a lot of really kind of like subtle ch- uh, choices they made. Like I like how the zombies kind of like. Cognizant, like you can hear their thoughts and they can kind of make sense, but then like when they're talking to each other, it's just the grunts and bones and stuff. I like that. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. the main uh, actor Nicholas Holt. He's pretty great in this, even though yeah, he's a little limited in what he can do. I think he does pretty well with what he's given. Yeah, I would agree. Um. Oh yeah, I would. I mean, I when you're not allowed to talk <laughs> for a good portion of the movie, like it, it, so much of it is, is voiceover, and uh, it's hard to knock it out the park. Mm-hmm. But um, then you also are required to emote more with your body language, like the tone you're using, the pacing, like so. I don't know. It presents its own unique challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Teresa Palmer is pretty great in this too. I mean, you know, obviously she has a little bit more to work with in terms of like, uh, she she has a little bit more in terms of 
uh, dialogue and stuff like that. But, I mean, yeah, she's pretty good in this. You can kind of see why uh, R, I think his name is, would fall for her. So. Um, yeah, I never remember character names. <laughs> I just remember the people. Yeah, I was I was trying to remember if like throughout the movie they ever like referred to him as anybody but R and like because like I was thinking he was trying to like uh he was trying to figure out what his name is and the farthest he could get was like the first letter of R. I don't think they ever like figured that out. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Like it was pretty good at the end that like R was like pretty much fully human, so you know, mm-hmm. Ju- Julie, uh, you know they get they get their happy ending, which I kind of liked. You know, it you could have had it where it could have had a, a mildly more sadder ending, and it just I don't know, it was a nice little ending. Uh, it, I, I didn't expect it to be that kind of a happy ending, but I was like pleasantly surprised because I, I watching it, I'm like. How are you gonna end this where he's a zombie and they're kind of falling in love? Like, how does how does right. this gonna end? <laughs> so when uh, he was fully human, I'm like, okay, I guess they they figured that out. So, um, and that's the premise uh, that attracted me to this movie because um, the zombie movies, especially at that time, to give a little bit of context to the. Uh, listeners that was uh, like near peak walking dead uh like as they're like you guys think back to zombies like miss twilight killed and how every young adult movie adapted was a vampire movie was then it became zombies and that since has died out quite a bit uh mm-hmm. thankfully to be honest yeah uh, but oh warm bodies was in was it the tail end of that peak which is a terrible place to be because it has to compete with so much. So the way that they stood out was that they'll say, okay, well, what if zombies were thinking, feeling, or potentially thinking, feeling things that just kind of needed to be pulled back into society? And and I, I, I really like the fact that it's love, sure, is a bit cheesy, but the general premise that people can be rehabbed, I found very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there was some good, uh, also, like, supporting characters, too. Like, Dave Franco's pretty great in this. John Malkovich was also pretty great. Uh, oh, I mean, there's some real people in this movie, which you wouldn't think looking at it. Uh, but, yeah, no. Um, there's some established... I mean, I suppose back then, maybe... I mean, John Malkovich obviously was huge then, but Dave Franco less so, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. One more. I'm about to check out. Yeah. All right, I'm about to check out. Okay, thank you. No problem. Um, um, but yeah, I strongly recommend it. Um, yeah. If you if you have a soul. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I think this movie like it, it's it's nice that it takes that zombie trope and kind of gives it that fresh wrapper of like the romantic comedy. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. one of those things where like you don't expect something like that. And then like, if you were to tell me this premise, and even when I first heard this premise, I was like, ah, is that going to work? But they pull it off pretty mm-hmm. well. And then you realize like, yeah, you can do things that are more than just 
people shooting at zombies and trying to survive, like you can do something a little more interesting. And I think the director and screenwriter, uh, John Levine, like he's done other stuff too. He worked on 50, 50 long shot the night before, like a lot of comedy movies, but like, it's interesting that he brings like a fresh take to, uh, the genre there. So I didn't know he did the long shot. That's a, that's another movie that, um, I, I recommended pretty aggressively when after I saw it because it looks like every other kind of the shadow water doofus guy hot chick movie and it's actually like kind of deep um, so yeah uh, of that group the night before <laughs> but <laughs> like nothing is bad but it, you know it's pretty much what what it, what it is but long shot shockingly good yeah. I would say yeah. I really enjoyed Long Shot. I saw that one. Okay. What would you uh, What would you give uh, Warm Bodies a score of? Uh, solid eight. I mean, um, you know, there. Are, <laughs> I there's only so much so much when it's uh, zombies. Like to to be a perfect zombie movie is pretty high rank. Yeah. I don't know that I've even seen one to be honest, but yeah, um, yeah. I can't even think of like the the zombie movie that I like the most. I would probably say Shaun of the Dead, but I don't know if it's because it's a zombie movie. I think it's because it's a Edgar Wright comedy movie more than anything. But I would agree. Maybe Shaun of the Dead or uh, Twenty Eight Days Later would would be near my peak for perfect zombie movies. Yeah. Um, I'd give this like probably like a seven out of ten. I think it's pretty solid. Uh, I also like that it was relatively short too. It was like ninety something yeah. minutes. Like it's in and it's out. And it knows, out it's know what it's, it knows what the premise is and it like gets through it pretty quickly. So I'll uh, I'll give it credit and for it, that. It also like dumps you into the story almost immediately. Like yeah, that's, which I appreciate. There's no fuss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like that as well. Cool. Uh, well, our next week's movie club is uh, also going to be a horror movie. And one that I think a l- people who've watched Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory will be maybe a little bit <laughs> uh, weirded out by. Because this movie takes one of the actors from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and puts it in, puts them in a totally different role. Uh, and that's the movie Dead and Buried. So we'll talk about that next week. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about that one. Cool. Uh, well, Spark, thanks for joining me as you're, you know, going back on your, um, your, your little trip there. And uh, for the listeners, we'll uh, see you next time. Bye for now.